Welcome back to another episode of 3x3 Hustle Hype and I am absolutely thrilled to introduce my next two guests, current teammates of the Hustle Circuit and that is Tom Wright and Andrew Steele, now four and five ranked <laughs> players in the uh, 3x3 players in Australia but former both number one ranked players of the FIBA 3x3 rankings. Good morning to you, gentlemen. How are you doing? Very yeah, good. Not too bad, man. Yeah, good to be here. You can't speak at the same time, so if you <laughs> want to put up your hand, I know for our podcast, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> but gentlemen, how are we doing? Are you both in Victoria? Unfortunately, we understand the circumstance of the world. Tommy, to you first. Um, obviously, it's a very interesting time in the world. How have you dealt with the... Uh, or the pandemic? It's been tough. It's been tough. It's a long time since actually playing some competitive basketball. So I think it's uh, everyone in Victoria, it's kind of weighing on us a little bit at the moment. I mean, back in uh, the last event was the, the second pro hustle in March. And that's the last time that I've been in a basketball stadium, which is crazy to think about. It's, it's so long, you know, September now and uh, six months. It's, it's kind of been a different world. Um, so it's kind of getting through it. Hopefully there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but trying to stay sane and just itching to get back out there. Still, in that regard, right, we were supposed to be playing in a, well, you guys played a, a makeshift Grand Prix event, playing seven games in one day. Hmm. Could you see yourself that six months later, that was going to be your last event after, I guess, the excitement, winning Moomba. I mean, you guys won the Grand Prix did I mean reflecting on it now? What's the emotion in that regard? That yeah, that was your last uh, your last event for the year. Yeah, well, it was, it's like twenty twenty was supposed to be set up to be a really big year for us. Like we were looking at, you know, it was Olympic year. I mean, obviously we found out that that wasn't going ahead, but you know, we'd qualified for a few challenges. We were, you know, we were set up with a team that was ready to go over there and compete. So. It was supposed to be a massive year for us. And then, you know, pandemic came along and just said, not happening. <laughs> put, it, put it lightly. It yeah. is, though. It is. Even, obviously, they played the last three events in uh, in Hungary, my hometown. Um, and even, <laughs> like, there's a, there's a hint of jealousy because I'm like, wow, they get to have the opportunity to play three tournaments in three weeks. But you're right. Um like I had sort of set set aside. Obviously, you guys are playing for Nutter Wadding. Um, but like I was sort of tailoring this year to, to be a big year in the 3x3 circuit. Tell me, I'll go to you first. I mean, obviously, how have you... I mean, you obviously, you were going to play for Nutter Wadding. You were set to defend this, the, the NBL on crown. Were you the MVP of the grand final series? Uh, I mean, I'd like to think so, but no. Yeah. But uh, thanks for thanks for throwing that in there. <laughs> uh, but like, ha has the motivation? You've obviously stayed in good nick. You are. I mean, I can look at you right now, and you look sensational. Um, but otherwise, for being on other on reality TV shows, I mean, how have you stayed? I guess both prepared physically and mentally in in these last few months. Um, I think I think it is tough. Like you, you go through waves. Initially, you think it's going to be a couple of weeks. Like we got shut down from from NBL one, thinking it might be two weeks, three weeks. Who knows um, how long it's going to be? Season gets cancelled. You kind of go into a different a different mode. You just kind of 
uh, maybe it's a taste of retirement in a couple of years for me. Like what it's going to be like when you when you don't have that competitive uh, outlet and you and you're not you know loving being on the court every day and you're moving to a different stage of life. But um, I mean, for me personally, I've I've been pretty lucky because my wife Izzy is going into a WNBL season, so being able to still have that kind of outlet and being able to train with her a little bit and you know going down to the local court and trying to get a bit of exercise in has been good but but kind of channeling that through her has been fantastic and I think without that I would have gone a bit crazy but um having having that big year like you guys talked about we were hopefully gonna gonna defend our title in NBL one I mean I like to think that we're still reigning champions you know two-year reigning champions <laughs> absolutely um, the longest ended champions in the world yeah, I don't know if you can say back to back, but I'll say reigning champs. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then all the all the hopefully the the big tournaments we're going to play in this year for for three x three. I think for me, it's just trying to keep that motivation and stay stay positive and know that eventually it's going to get there. But whether it's kind of early next year, mid next year, even later, it's just kind of yet to be determined. Stilo, yourself? Yeah, I mean, I found it. Um, you know, during the first lockdown, it was a lot easier to stay motivated because you saw, you know, a pretty good end goal. Like, you know, there was some events coming up. The NBL had this this great um, idea about this, um, you know, sort of indoor film studio event that was going to come up. And uh, that was a secret, but I mean, yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> but. But there, um, you know, during this second lockdown, it's been a lot harder to stay motivated. Like, you know, there's there's so much going on in the world and you're just like, well, basketball's, you know, a nice hobby, but it's not the be-all, end-all. So when things come back and, um, you know, come back into it, then, yeah, I'm sure that the passion and all that drive will come back. Now, the beginning... How the heck did you guys both get into 3X? I think you've been playing for a little bit more longer than uh, Tommy Wright, Steelo. But I mean, how first you, Steelo, how did you how did you get into the game and yourself, Tom, into this beautiful game we call 3X3? Yeah, well, I got the. Um, I mean, we both play with Dave Bewa, or he coaches us, <laughs> and um, yeah, he. Uh, he was the first one to get me involved. Like I remember, it was a Asia Cup um, bid Australia first got about three or four years ago, wherever it was. And um, yeah, I just got a phone call from Dave Bewa saying, you know, there's this three-on-three game that Australia's got a, a a tournament bid for, and you know, we're looking for guys that are going to put their name in the hat and really commit to the sport. And, uh, you know, I, to be honest, I was a little bit unsure about it. Like, uh, you know, I hadn't heard anything about three on three and, you know, the sport sounded quite, quite comical, really. <laughs> as soon as I started watching it and, um, you know, checking out all the videos, I, I thought, oh, this is, this is perfect. Like for someone like me, you know, shooter, you know, defender, I was just like, well, let's give it a go. Um, and yeah, as soon as I started playing, like that first tournament in Asia Cup was a massive eye opener, and just loved it ever since. Going back to all of that, I mean, did you even because you're obviously number one ranked for some time? Did you even see that element in your life? 
I'm number one ranked player in the world. Like, you can't do that in five on five. Like, and as much as we know, like, say, Bryce Cotton's the MVP, yeah. there's the argument, like, you're like, well, where's your ranking points? Like, <laughs> I even say that to my former teammates. I'm like, I'm sorry, but you guys aren't ranked. Um, I'm clearly better in, like, in life in general. <laughs> but now I've actually got a, <laughs> a ranking. I mean, when you got the number one ranking, were you like, wow, this is pretty bizarre? Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, you know, I mean, for 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 anyone else looking out there, they're like, oh, what does that even mean? Like, <laughs> but like, you know, it, it actually does mean a lot. Like when you when you look at it and, you know, FIBA and all the rankings and how they're changing their like selections as to like key events, like you've got to have certain, you know, you can pick total number of two players or something in the top 10 to go to um, national events. So it does, it does mean a lot. Yeah. Um, Tommy, let's talk about that Asia cup. Um, it was a uh, sort of a very, I mean, I love hearing the story, how you guys go to some province in China to play qualifying games uh, to then. Yeah. I mean, an incredible feat in winning gold off a miraculous show shot by Tommy Garland. Let's talk about that. I mean, how was, I mean, that experience, I mean, people, we, we talk about the the demands of a 3x3 tournament, but perspective, yeah, you go into some town, play a few games, um, and then, yeah, end up winning gold. Who would have who would have thought a qualifying team could do that? I mean, talk me through that. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I guess that was the first time that I'd um, represented Australia. So kind of the whole weight of that was... Uh, was obviously one part of it but then going to a little kind of provincial city a couple of hours outside of Shenzhen I think it was in China uh, middle of nowhere kind of uh, qualifying tournament where all the basically the the teams that hadn't played a lot of 3x3 had to go to, to get to the main draw of the Asia Cup I think this is 20, 2018 now um, it was a, a crazy experience because you talk about like this whole new sport and kind of the legitimacy of it. And when I kind of had this huge expectation of, of, you know, what I wanted to do representing Australia. And then you kind of match that with the, the reality of some of the sport, you know, some of it is, is like glamorous, you know, massive stadiums in the middle of squares in Amsterdam. And then others just like, you know, small little squash court that hasn't been repaired in 30 years. And, um, you know, there's, you know, horrible toilets out the back and this, the, the conditions aren't great and the court, you know, the tiles are messed up. Um, a lot of, a lot of that, like, courts that you play on are fantastic and they're, they're great quality, but then some, some of the tournaments you play in are just, you know, a bit rubbish. But it's just the way that the sport is growing and it's growing so rapidly that people are really getting involved and loving it. But having to go through, like, five games in a couple of days, win all of those to get through to the main draw and then going into our, like, first main draw in, in Shenzhen in this huge, massive city with this crazy outdoor setup, the chalk and cheese between the... Uh, between those two was was just incredible um going from like the the base to all the the glitz and the glam and then um i think for us we always knew that we were a good team that we'd had you know quality players and um we played the right way and we had the skill and the the i guess the structure but we just didn't have the experience and that was a a really eye-opening thing for us for the first asia cup um 
and I think we absolutely got lucky. I mean, the Mongolian team in the final had a, had free throws to win it. They kind of you know weren't able to to, uh, oh, to capitalize, and then and then somehow we just got a chance at it and, and just got I guess lucky or I guess if you prepare you you do get lucky sometimes and 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 ended up winning the tournament. Talk to me about that shot, Steele, uh, by Tommy Agal, because, I mean, I I mean, I was brand new. I didn't even, I knew you guys won gold um, just from social media. And then obviously we watched the, the whole game, um, obviously with expert commentary by Tommy the whole game, just telling him when he was really good. But the reaction, like he hits this, I mean, to put in context, he hits a game winner. Um, he didn't have a clue. I mean, you can elaborate, but <laughs> talk to me about the whole reaction of, of I mean, what yeah, for, give a little bit of context. You need to win by, uh, yeah, like, in, in overtime, it's first to two. Talk to me about that that game winner by um, Tom Gallup. The the overtime was already, like, 30 seconds into, into it. So, I mean, that's extraordinarily long for an overtime. Like, people were going up for layups, there was it was just like tip after tip. I think Mongolia had quite a few goes at it, and um, you know, luckily we got the we got the ball uh, in a stop play, and we set up a play, and it was you know to get a shooter open. I came off it, you know, had one look at it, was was shut down pretty well, and kicked it off to uh, Tom Gallup, who he had a man just sitting right there in his face but just decided to launch it and it went in and he looked stunned for about two seconds. <laughs> I think everyone was just so tired that they just forgot <laughs> like the whole game being over. And then, you know, once it kicked in, it was celebration mode from then. That's on the, uh, on the court. Did he have a clue, Tommy? Right? Like, did he... I don't think so. I mean, to put it into context, like we forget 3x3 is an outdoor sport and we're playing in China where it was like 32 degrees at 8 o'clock at night. We'd played 10 games in the space a couple of days. The humidity was off the charts. The pollution as well was crazy. (laughs) Like you could barely breathe out there. And playing 10 games, at the end of it, like we were all so exhausted. I also think that... uh, Tommy Gallup was just like, I don't know if he was spaced out or he just like <laughs> didn't understand the rules of overtime because we hadn't gone to overtime before. He hit yeah. the shot. And then the three of us, like myself, Owen and, and Stilo, just went crazy. And he kind of does this little walk and it's like, oh, yeah. This is fun, haven't we? And then we just like mobbed him. Um, but just that like that moment of winning was just crazy. Like all the... Re- like relief and the the joy and everything that just like way comes over you. And then the sheer exhaustion of like, yes, we, we did it. I don't think I stood up for like half an hour because I was so tired. It was, uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. It is crazy. And, and you spoke about the, um, the elements of like, I guess the, the extreme lows to like the extreme highs. You're right. Like we're playing at the world cup, which we'll touch on in Amsterdam, like a, across the road from the museum plant and you know like you're just like this is unreal like a purpose-built stadium in 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 one of the most beautiful cities in the world to then like we're on the way to a 3x3 tournament where 
the, the bus driver doesn't know where we're going in China and they're like, oh, sorry, now the, the, prime, the prime minister's here. You know, you're, you're not going to play in, a, in, a, in the, the purpose-built stadium in a, or you know, the purpose-built court on a shopping centre. We're going to put you in a warehouse where, like, as you walk in, there's turtles and fish and, and whatever <laughs> you want to buy for lunch and you struggle to find toilet paper. Um, but that adds to like, I guess the rawness of first three. Like I feel like, and, and I feel like you have to be uh, built a bit different because you can't be precious. Like I think about, it. I mean, it's obviously sensational, but you have to embrace that whole element. I mean, and that speaks like, I don't want to say NBL guys would be precious, but I would imagine if I had sent like a few current guys to, to Mongolia or to a tiny province in China to play four games, that'd be like, calling their agent and saying, hey, I'm not about that. But I feel like that's what's made you successful is embracing that scope. Do you, do you agree in that regard? I mean, Steeler, you will embrace culture. I mean, we've eaten in some pretty dingy places. Um, ask yeah. our tour guides to, to, to accommodate our, our, like, just surprise us. I mean, how, what, what's your mindset going into a tournament and, and embracing the whole the whole side of it yeah i think like once you've played a couple of three on three tournaments you know that you know they're not always played in luxurious places with you know great setups you're you're warming up sometimes you don't have a practice court you're shooting around on a on a makeshift uh, basket that you might find somewhere or you know you're doing warm-ups in the middle of a shopping center um you've just got to roll with the punches and um, you know, when you do get out there and get the chance to get on the court, like everyone's been in the same boat, like the people you're playing against are in the same position that you are. Like they've had the same warm ups, all that sort of stuff. So that there's never really any excuses there. Like they, you fly in maybe day before the tournament, you hope you get some sleep Um you wake up and you got to play the next day and you might have like four games back to back or however long it is. So that's just part and parcel with it. And, you know, it's no point you sitting there complaining about, Oh, you know, if I got more chance to warm up or did, you know, you know, had the physio there to look after me or blah, blah, blah. It's, you've just got to go with it and, and just accept that that's what it is and, and give it your best shot. I want to talk about Puerto Rico, uh, Tommy, and let's talk I mean, immense pride playing for Australia. Um, we'll touch on this quickly. Talk to me about how that was, knowing you were qualifying for Amsterdam, obviously still keeping the Olympic dream alive, knowing that we had a chance to play the World Cup at Amsterdam. Talk to me about that, like, and as well as your career, which may have not, you know, you obviously had um, stints in, in the NBL, but what was that like? qualifying for Puerto Rico and then that experience in Amsterdam? Yeah, it's kind of surreal. I think, um, I guess my basketball journey, I never really expected to be there. Like you, you kind of give it a crack. I gave the NBL a crack when I was younger, didn't really hang around, played Seaball NBL one. It was, was kind of like really content with that and moving into a, a professional career. And then this whole opportunity comes around and, it, it kind of came out of nowhere and I just like latched onto it with two hands. So to even like be in that situation is something I really wasn't expecting. Um, but then 
once I had that opportunity, it was, it was pretty crazy. And Puerto Rico kind of sums it up like opportunity to play in a world cup, then from a world cup to potentially qualify for the Olympics is something that you can only really dream of. The, the tournament itself, you fly 30 hours. I think the, the amount of time that we traveled was equal to the amount of time we were actually in Puerto Rico. Like we traveled 30 hours there, 30 hours back, and we were only on the ground for like 60 hours or 70 hours or something. It was a crazy schedule, like we just talked about, like the kind of, you know, it's not, not glamorous at all. Um, but also the adversity that we faced over there. Like we had Steeler go down with an injury in the in the semi. He was kind of on one leg for the semi in the final and then playing back-to-back-to-back games where you look at like professional teams now, they've got their strength and conditioning, they've got their recovery, they've got their diet, they've got all these like, you know, best practice of how to, how to keep an athlete in shape and kind of performing at their best. 3 and 3 is not like that. 3x3 is like the epitome of like resilience and trying to struggle and who's just going to be the toughest and who wants it more. So I think at the end of the day, like when we won that like playing game to get to the world cup and, and keep that dream alive and know that we were going to Amsterdam to play in a, in a world cup was, um, was just crazy. Yeah. The, the pure emotion after that moment was, was um, yeah. I haven't experienced much like that. Oh, mate, I still get goosebumps now. And, and you spoke about that, Tommy. Stilo, I mean, you guys are the definition of, I guess, streets to the Olympics, right? I mean, yeah, I've, I've played for 10 years. But you are, like, I mean, from, from coming there to what it is, like, um, unheralded players, but now superstars in a 3x3, something that you guys should be proud about. But Stilo, we spoke about it. And, and, you know, it's unless you're in that, the inner sanctum, people wouldn't really know about that. But... Was that that driving force, you know, like semi-final? Yeah, you literally are on one leg and then we had to bring you in <laughs> like for three or four seconds because as people know, I get tired. Um, <laughs> talk to me about that. Touch on that, what that was. I mean, what was it, what were you thinking? I mean, obviously you're a, a humble guy, but a, a very selfless guy. Those moments where you're like, this is a chance for the Olympics um, when you stood on that court for four possessions, which I honestly think uh, think won the game because it sort of turned, they could have hit four points and back in it, but you had, they attacked you as I would have as well. And you were able to get a couple of key stops and I guess we ran away after the game. Yeah, well, it was like probably one of the most emotional roller coasters because, you know, two games or whatever before when I went down, when you, you know, you've only got four people there you lose one. Wasn't ideal. <laughs> Not an ideal situation to be in. And for me, like, as the guy who went down, I thought, oh shit, like, I have. What... Do we have to cut that out? Nah, nah, keep going. <laughs> I thought, oh, I've put our team at risk. Like, you know, if we don't make it through, there's a lot of, you know, I'm going to feel responsible for going down and getting injured. And, you know, you have that, you don't try and, you know, it's obviously not your fault that you get injured, but you do associate that as, you know, oh, you know I, I've put our team at risk of making the World Cup and not making the Olympics. So all that emotion just comes straight, straight in. And then, you know, when we did finally get 
through and, you know, I, I jumped on the court for a few plays, but to be honest, there was no decision there. Like I would do everything I could to make sure that the team got across the line. And, you know, when we did finally get there, um, just the sheer relief that, you know, that that injury didn't cause anything, <laughs> you know, to, and, we, and we got, we got it done. Like it was, it was amazing. Like I'm, way more props to you guys getting it done with three players. But, you know, if I could help out wherever I can, that'd be, you know. There's, there's a really funny uh, funny photo from the, the end of that game where I think there's the, myself, you, Greg, and then Timmy Conrad, like, just, like, grabbing each other, screaming and yelling. And then you see Steelo in the background just hobbling towards <laughs> us trying to celebrate. And he's, like, clearly can't walk properly, but somehow he played a couple of possessions in that oh, game. Uh, I... Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I you, you put it likely it was an unbelievable feat to be able to do that. And I remember it's my very first, I guess, significant tournament. And I remember as you went down, we were playing Puerto Rico in the semis. So I was like, all right, let's just give it an absolutely almighty crack. And we gave ourselves a chance. And then I was like, we're going to have to back this up in 30 minutes. Like, I don't know if this is possible, but now it's amazing. And that's what they go. Look, I want to lastly touch on... Fellas, obviously, I, I do believe, you know, you're um, the you're staples of the 3x3 circuit here in Australia. Um, obviously, you've won, you know, significant amount of um, 3x3 hustle tournaments. And we, we've seen that. You've featured in Challengers and Sydney and all that regard. How have you seen the progression um, in the last couple of years, obviously, being involved from the get-go? And from that way, where do you see, I guess, that pathways model really going to continue developing the sport in, in Australia? Tommy? Um, I think it's it's taken leaps and bounds since its initial conception. I think, number one, from like an exposure point of view, so many more people know about the sport now. There's so many more, more eyes on it, so many more high-quality players, grassroots players all the way through to, to kind of your top tier. Um, so it's great to see, and I think it's only going to go much further in the next couple of years. Um, I guess from where, I, you know, Australia is always going to be limited in its geography. Like this sport is kind of Europe and Asian centric, but just because they can hold so many more tournaments. So being able to build up like a quality local network of tournaments, um, which is currently being, being built up and off a focus of, of the NBL hustle um, is, is only going to make us better. We've already had some pretty good success on the world stage and, and sending a couple of different teams over to challenges and world tours. And um, I can only see it getting better. Um, hopefully I'm, I'm still around in a couple of years to see, uh, see it get to that stage and the body doesn't break down. It is a, it is a pretty tough sport, but uh, yeah, super excited to see where it goes. Still, I want to touch on this because I think in the back of my mind, there's this like other carrot as well. You're right. Like, I mean, I'm, I've, retired from professional basketball and this is the one thing that I'm sort of like yeah I'll stay in relatively good nick to do that and I think that's the Birmingham games um Commonwealth games and where do you see that as a you know how do we continue doing that pathway obviously hopefully us three featuring it if not I'll be quite upset um I'll just wrap up this podcast and say (laughs) what a waste of time but in all seriousness is that a carrot for yourself and, and how do we develop that, that junior pathway so that, yeah, the, the men's team feature in the next Olympics? Yeah, I mean, I think at the moment, like this year 
has been a bit of a, it's been a write-off. Like we, it's, you know, we're all focused towards that um, Commonwealth Games goal, but sometimes, you know, you've just got to put things on hold and just, you know, focus on just getting through your current, current time. So that's kind of how it's been for me. Like I've got these long-term term goals, um, but I'm just keen to get out there and actually be able to get out of the house and um, play some basketball. So I'm just going to take baby steps at the moment and um, hopefully 2021 is, you know, these opportunities that are out there, you know, three on three hustle events, um, international challenges, all that kind of stuff resumes back to, you know, this, the normal status quo. Like I know that there's some really, you know, exciting events in the pathway. We just got to find our way through this, through this period. And then, yeah, it's back on track. So I think um, for me, the 2021 or, you know, 2022 uh, Commonwealth Games, like it's a, it's going to be a, a pretty uh, pretty fierce competition. I think, you know, there'll be a lot of more, a lot more Australians that sort of throw their, their hat into the ring. Um, but three on three is one of those sports that you can't just grab it straight away and, and understand the game. Like you've got to put yourself through the paces. You've got to have the experience. Um, and, you know, that's where a lot of those European teams, like, you go against those guys and you say, oh, well, you know, they're 40 years old and how are they still playing the game? But they've just got so much experience and so much knowledge and, you know, building on that is kind of where I'm focusing my attention, just just purely playing. Yeah. Nah, awesome. Lads, obviously always a pleasure speaking up, uh, speaking to you and it's been uh, some time. It's great to see your face. I was, I was upset we... We share incredible banter and, and humour, and it's something that we weren't afford to. That's what I've, I've more I've missed just being able to uh, to engage with you guys. So appreciate your time as always. I know Tommy, you're a very busy man, so we've got to say goodbye to to you. You've obviously ruined uh, how we could speak for all day, but otherwise, lads, uh, really, really, really appreciate. Hopefully, yeah, um, yes, it's good in the in the near or immediate future. Um, otherwise to everyone else please check us out on 3x3 uh, hustle hype on all of our socials instagram facebook and twitter and to you gentlemen have a great day and uh, we'll talk soon thanks for having us